0: Why don't we begin? To we hope you enjoy. Let's down.
1: And This is Fresh Hop Cinema.
0: Hello, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and movie podcast from Chico, California. I'm Max Menardi. And I'm Johnny Summers. What's shaking you, bacon? Johnny Summers, it is officially starting to feel like fall. It's uh, it, We've just put daylight savings back to where it gets dark around 5 o'clock, which it's getting around now. So I feel like we're settling in for a, a nice evening of d- delicious beer and good movie content. Uh, how have you been since we chatted last?
1: I've been good. I've been very busy with work and I've been enjoying nice crisp mornings. A little cold, like hot coffee on a cold yeah. porch on Saturday. It was the best. I love that. Just watching the world go by and steam coming up out of your coffee. Oh, it's the best. I think
0: my cold brew business is gonna take a dive. <laughs> I just realized like that's a very specific thing that you probably don't want in wintertime.
1: Mm, I don't know. My, I co- know. my cold brew business stays pretty steady. Does it? I mean, there's people that just like it because, you know, such reduced acidity and it's that's it's true. nice. That's true.
0: <clears throat> um 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 would you, before we get into this stuff, which by the way, I think this is the first week I maybe you can tell me the last time this has happened, but I picked out the movie and I picked out the beers. Has that has that ever happened? <laughs>
1: Usually I do everything in my power to prevent that from yeah, happening. Yeah. Just in the interest of quality content and, you know, <laughs> user user friendliness. Sure. But this week, uh, I had faith. I had faith, and I think it's gonna work out.
0: All right. Well, before we get into all of our stuff, uh, tell people where to find us on the internet.
1: Instagram, Twitter, untapped at Fresh Hop Cinema, letterboxed at Max Minardi and at Johnny Summers. Email us at fhccast at gmail.com. freshhopcinema.com is our website. Patreon.com slash cinema is where you can help keep this show funded financially. Uh, also, please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It helps us help more people. So that's where you can find us. Now on to the more important matters of one grim announcement and uh, one update, let's say. Sure. Max, what's going on?
0: Uh, this Halloween, Halloween 2020, we recognize the passing of the great Sir Sean Connery, uh, who... Uh, you've seen in, in, in what, what was the number you said on IMDb? 90. Uh, He's
1: got 94 acting credits. You may have seen in
0: 94 movies, uh, probably most famously for being the first person to epitomize the character of James Bond on screen. Um, before we move on from him, I just want to talk about what, like, what was, what was the first movie you remember seeing him in Johnny that made an impression?
1: Um, probably, uh, honestly, Ooh, that ma- first movie that he happened to be in that made an impression but he wasn't even a main character was mm. uh robin hood prince of thieves yeah because he was really only in it at the end but I, yeah. I love that dumpster fire of a movie i love that movie so much <laughs> uh, but also we as a family used to really watch uh hunt for red october fairly yeah. often so i really liked that movie quite a bit so i'd probably say hunt for red october was the first one where i was like oh This guy's awesome. And then also one of me and my dad's favorite movies to watch together growing up was uh, The Last Crusade. Oh, sure. Indiana Jones. But watching Harrison Ford and Sean Connery's chemistry in that movie was absolutely undeniable. They were just such a raw, like, seemed like raw, naturally comedic duo. Like, their their chemistry just came so naturally. It was a really believable father-son dynamic in that movie. So I'd say those two overall for me, were the most memorable. I mean, his back catalog is ridiculous, but those are the standouts for me and the ones that I will remember him most fondly for. What about you? I think I remember seeing, my dad was really big into like um,
0: like fantasy fantasy type stuff when we grew up, like Lord of the Rings was huge, um, but anything with like Scottish folklore or, so the first thing I remember seeing him in was was Highlander. Um, because there's something so distinguished, like when you're a kid and you hear his voice, it's one of those voices that everybody knows and like people probably imitate all the time as a joke, but it's so specific. Um, and I remember seeing him in that, and then my dad also loved The Rock, which um again, like we were talking about this before we started recording. Like, I don't really remember The Rock, but I remember watching it probably 20 times as a kid. Um, and I remember it being um about some terrorists on Alcatraz that wanted to send some like bioweapon and, and destroy San Francisco or something but I just remember Sean Connery being so intense in that movie like yeah. almost, almost kind of hammy, but still like pretty intense. Um, but yeah, like, and obviously, uh, you know, James Bond too. And, and, uh, the Indiana
1: Jones series, he's just a really, really talented dude. He was. Yeah, absolutely. The most talented. And like you said, the first James Bond, how ridiculously cool is that? Yeah.
0: Well, Sean Connery shall be missed and we Indeed. shall perhaps drink this first beer in his honor. What do you think?
1: I'm into it. Let's do it. Okay.
0: So recently, uh, about a week ago, I took a trip down to Oakdale, California to a brewery I had never been to and that we had never had beers from called Dying Breed Brewing. And both of our beers on this week's show are from them. The first one is called Take a Bock Road. It's a Helles Bock or a My Clock's in at 7.4%. And on Untapped, it had this to say, this rich malty beer is a great traditional spring beer. This beer has the darker caramel color and is an easy drinking classic. Um, I am looking forward to this. Um, we haven't done a whole lot of box on this show in the past. I think we've probably covered, um, maybe in passing Sierra Nevada's pale Bach. And I Mm -hmm. believe that we did one from secret trail when they put one out. But other than those, I can't think of, um, any that we've done. So I'm, I'm excited to kind of break into the flavors that this thing has to offer. Have you, have you poured yours yet?
1: Yeah, I have. And I've drank a bunch and I like it. I like it quite a bit. Uh, so in a, in a hell's box, uh, it's similar to a, my bock. Sure. Um, you're going to be looking for you know a lot of malt. They're very malt driven. This style. It's a very traditional German style. Um, it's going to be like almost like toasted, like a toasted malt type flavor. So I want it to taste like almost a little burnt, but like a nice toasted thing happening. Um, not going to be very hoppy. And usually box uh, hell's box are have a little bit of like spice and a lot of richness to for them. For sure. Yeah. So those are all things that you should be looking for in this style. I'm personally a big fan of Hell's Box and my box. They're really great for this time of year. Usually they're like a nice deep auburn, rich, robust, like rich mahogany color. And uh, really kind of a great beer for a like a early fall kind of crisp night. Have you tasted it? Does the description in large match up, and what do you, what do you think? So I've
0: actually just poured mine. I was I was listening to what you were saying. Um, yeah, but I mean, Boxer. I just, go ahead. I just talked for so long, so you could drink the beer. Boxer, really old style of beer. Um, it's it's from the 14th century, back in uh, in Germany, is where it was developed in, in Einbeck, which is a a, a a northern city in Germany. And then over the course of a few hundred years, it made its way south to Munich. Um, And you may know this if you've seen any Bach labels. There's often uh, like a goat, a goofy looking goat doing something silly. That's because the uh, subtle language differences down in Munich, uh, the Bavarians, they heard uh, Einbach instead of Einbeck, which is the city again, uh, which is the German word for Billy goat. Um, So I was just gonna do a little bit more history on this and give you more chance to taste it. But um, yeah, I mean, like you're saying, like, they're usually a lot more spicy and a little bit bigger. The Bach. The style of Bach is kind of on a scale, and on the lighter side, you have my box, and then in the middle is just a traditional Bach, and then a little bit further up, you got like a Doppelbach. Um, so this definitely falls, um, yeah, on, on the lighter side of the style. But um, you were mentioning this is a pretty good beer for the season. Um, I guess I was, I was reading about it, and these beers often uh, line up with the with if you're if you know anything about the Christian faith, uh, Lent. They're usually released around Lent is because back in the day, uh, Bavarian monks would brew these, um, when they'd be fasting. So that's why they're a little bit stronger. And um, I was reading an article on, uh, American and they said, uh, Bach beers have traditionally been brewed for special occasions, AKA quote, this time let's get really fucked up. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, it transitioned from sort of that, the big sort of caramely uh, style of, of the Bach and the Mybach came about because, um, like pilsners and, and lighter lagers were becoming very popular in the mid 1800s. And so we ended up with what we have today. The other thing I was going to say is I was, I was looking up really popular ones. And I think the most popular one in America is probably rogues dead guy ale, uh, which is frustrating okay. because uh, it's specifically not an ale. <laughs> uh, it's right. it's a lager. Uh, so that name is frustrating to me, but we don't really, I don't think I've had that beer in years anyways. So this is going to be, I hope, my new standard for it. So I am going to taste it now. I just wanted to read through some of my notes because I was unfamiliar with the style mostly, and I wanted to uh, educate maybe somebody else that was also unfamiliar.
1: Uh, I love this style of beer, and there's uh, a Doppelbock that is probably one of my favorite, probably top 10 of like the classic styles. It's called uh, Celebrator. It's from Eyinger Brewing. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. If you're familiar with it, they have it on tap at the handlebar. Yep. Shout out. Yep um pairs really amazingly with their their chocolate mousse but i love that beer it's just big and dark and filling and like robust and just it's like a chewy beer almost man it's so good it was like a pastry stout before pastry stouts were a thing yeah
0: yeah it's got that sweetness like that super almost cloying dessert kind of sweetness um which now that i have tasted this one is definitely there like you still get some of that sweetness that you'd get from a doppelbach but the body of this is way lighter and there is more of that spice coming through which i super dig it, it does feel yeah. like a like an almost uh like a, a holiday spiced beer without sort of the heavy-handedness of like nutmeg and vanilla and all that you know kind of cinnamon of those and those. cardamom i also am stoked that i got to bust out my uh my goblet my gold-rimmed goblet that i never get to use for like ipas and um other lagers and i put it in in Every time we do like a German style, a traditional German style, I'll bust out this cup. And it's the, the the what's what's the, what I'm trying to say? Um, the treatment it gives sort of just the head retention on this beer. And like, I don't know, man, I feel like it looks really good in this glass and it's affecting the way that it tastes because I like it even more than I did before it sort of settled.
1: I think you might just like that glass.
0: <laughs> it's probably both. Yeah. Do you still have yours? We got, we got two of these at one point. Uh, is it the
1: Game of Thrones one?
0: No, no. It's actually another gold Rim one, but pretty good guess. Denver. What
1: beer is it? What beer like logo is on it?
0: It's a it's a brewery called uh, Grimbergen, um, and it's like a sort of a banner with a phoenix sort of flying on it. I'll send
1: you a picture. You'll think, be like, oh yeah, that one. Yeah, I think I still have that. I don't remember. Um, I like. Or this I beer might have given that to you. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but getting back around, no,
0: I, I really like this beer a lot. The spiciness, uh, which I thought was going to be a little bit off putting potentially, I think makes mm-hmm. a really nice balance with some of the toastier notes of this.
1: Yeah, I really like this beer. It's got that that nice sweet malty backbone, but it's not so sweet that it's like undrinkable. Like this is a super I love to use this word. It's highly quaffable. Yeah. It super is.
0: It's so it's so th- it's not thick in mouthfeel, but like it's so thick in fl- it's 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 robust in flavor. There's lots of layers to it. I feel like I could drink this out of a horn at room temp and I would enjoy it just as much.
1: Yeah, like I poured the whole thing Uh, into a english style pint glass yeah and i drank half of it already like it's hard to just like have a sip that's a really great testament to a beer where it's like oh i'm stuck i'm gonna keep drinking this um no man it's got a really nice balance it reminds me of everything that i like about american style brown ales sure very similar flavor profile to like a really nice brown ale uh, which is one of my favorite styles to just grab like a six pack of like Moose from big sky is like my go-to yep. around the house beer. It is absolute fire. And if you've never had it, you should go buy some. It's so good. Do you know, um, do you know what's going to kind of give you a little bit of a mind bender here is that, or at
0: least it did to me, I was looking at the ABV and like by itself already 7.4, I would never have guessed. And then I was trying to think of beers kind of in that realm. And I think of torpedo, which is I think 7.2, and this beer is stronger than torpedo somehow as a multi <laughs> spicy sort of heavy ish beer. Uh, well, I guess it's, it's a light beer as, as box go, but not the lightest style certainly. And like, uh, I don't know that that's a, that's a trip to me. Cause this feels so much more drinkable than a, than a torpedo does.
1: Oh yeah. This so beer is absolutely out. crushable. Okay. I, I would never have thought this was seven, four. Like, no. uh, I'm kind of, uh, worried. I'm just, about about double my night, so <laughs> so so I'm double checking the can. my to go?
0: Yeah. 7.4. Um, I don't, I don't want to tip my hand here too much toward, towards this brewery, but I did show up and I, again, like I'd never been there. Um, (laughs) you know, when like a situation is seeming too good and you're like, something's going to be wrong. Yeah. The beer was the the sort of, I was there for, for a show that I'll talk about later, but the beer was sort of the last thing that I was going to experience. Like I'd met the people, they were super friendly, saw the stage. There was a a dedicated sound person there, which is always nice. And I was like, okay, like the beer is going to suck. Like it's going to have to suck. Otherwise this place shouldn't exist on earth in in the realm of reality um and I, and I said this to the owner like i tried a few of their beers and i was just so relieved that because you never know especially as a musician you show up and like you kind of have to like lie if the beer's bad you but like, you know it's it's really smooth uh yeah it just felt really good to be honest and be like no this is i like this one and i like that one i like and that one's not really my favorite style but it's well made so great um, mm-hmm. to the point where like, I didn't actually try this, my when I was there, but I trusted them to be like, yeah, take this one. I think you'll, you'll dig it.
1: Nice. Did and you tell them it's for the podcast? I did. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks for giving yeah. us beer for the yeah, show. Yeah. If you guys
0: are listening yeah, thank you so much. And, uh, we're going to get some more. I was looking up, um, their distro and I don't think they definitely don't obviously distribute up to Chico. Um, but I'm going to find out because I would like to get more of this in, in, in this area for sure. I know people, uh, listeners of the show would definitely dig this style.
1: And this beer? most excellent yeah yeah i for sure like i i really enjoy the spear. this is something i would i would purchase uh, i like the abv i like the drinkability it's smooth it's it's really pleasing it's got a a little bit of a weird bitter finish but other than that i I, I like this beer front to back it's quite nice yeah you want to you want to do any negatives besides
0: besides a little bitterness anything jumping out to you that you you don't love
1: not really, man. I mean, it does the toastedness is probably a little bit heavy. It really tickles the edge of burnt mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm. But not it doesn't grab a hold of it. It like I said, really just tickles it. So it's it's right there. It, Any more and I'd be like mm, this beer tastes yeah. like it got left in the oven a little too long, yeah. but uh no, I like this, man. I like the style and I like it for this time of year especially too. It's it's hearty. It's it's warming. It's a very, uh, festive feeling beer. This is something I could see me cracking open on Thanksgiving.
0: Oh, for sure. For me, there's, there's a, a very subtle sort of metallic astringency I'm getting kind of on the back end. Um, it's, it's pretty, pretty unnoticeable, but it, it is there slightly. Um, because we're at the point we've been, uh, pumping this beer up enough where I'm, I'm having to look inside myself and be like, okay, where I'm having the, why not a 10 conversation in my brain.
1: Um,
0: yeah. so yeah, nitpicking a little bit here, but there is some of just like a little bit of a metallic sort of bitterness. Um, and the bitterness that you're talking about, I think I don't mind as much. I think that's probably a, a hop characteristic that maybe just doesn't sit right with you, but I don't, I don't mind. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not quite a perfect beer, but it's, it's very enjoyable again. Time of year definitely comes into play. Um, if this were sort of the middle of June, I don't know that I would, uh, necessarily want to finish this. Um, but yeah, like early November, pfft, let's do it. This is great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I dig it. I'm going to rate it.
0: Okay, do it. Out of 10.
1: Uh, out of 10, for me, the spear is an 8.2. Nice.
0: 8.2.
1: Um, yeah, it, kind of my gold standard for scoring is if it's over an 8, I would travel for it. Yeah. And I feel like the amount you are over that number indicates how far, in fact, I will travel for this. <laughs> okay,
0: what's each decimal point? Is it miles? Like like every decimal uh, point? It's, 50 no, miles? I'd
1: say it's like, I think it's probably half hour increments. Oh, Okay. So, like, I'd go an hour out of my way for this. All right. Well, the good news is I I can go out of our way for you because
0: I'm going to probably head down that way again for, well, my family's kind of near Oakdale. So I'll be down there again around the holidays a little bit, and I'll, you won't even have to travel, my friend. I'll get it for you.
1: Nice. Yeah, you should definitely maintain a good relationship with these guys. This seems like a really cool place. Yeah, I mean, we're off to a good start, I suppose. I guess. I mean, did you fuck up your set, or were you no, good? No, set went like, well.
0: The beers okay. are good, and we're reviewing okay. them favorably, so I feel good about this. All right, good. Don't, don't mess up
1: our street cred, bro. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, so for me, it's an 11. Uh, no, that's that's too pandery. Um <laughs> Best no, brewery like, ever. Um, so my thing is, like I always appreciate, e- even if I don't love a style of beer, I think I can still give it points for being well-made, you know? Um, but even if it's the best made version of a particular style that isn't my favorite style, I can't give it a 10 because it's sort of a personal rating. All of that said, mm-hmm. I think it's a flat eight for me. Like, it's very nice that this lined up with this time of year, but like, I don't think I want this year round necessarily. Um, so it's not like my, my crown jewel of beers necessarily, but it's so well-made. There's that little bit of um astringency at the end for me, but overall like super, super good beer. Um, I don't know what it cost. They are a reasonably priced brewery. Um, so I think value wise, especially for a 7.4%, my box, like can't go wrong. So I'm, I'm super happy to give it an eight. I think it's well-deserved.
1: Plus, support local beer. Totally. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Once again, that's Take a Bock Road from Dying Breed Brewing out of Oakdale, California. It's an 8.2 for Johnny and an 8 for me, Johnny. Hell yeah. Since we are recording this on American Election Day, Democracy Day in America, um, we're going to talk about Borat 2. <laughs> do you want to hit that right now?
1: Yeah. Okay, this sure. is where we would normally do uh, our flick picks, since we don't have one. You are right. Max, Max dedicated himself to the mission Nay, the calling of following up and watching my flick pick on my recommendation. Yeah. So now my street cred is on the line here. We're of course talking about Borat Two. <laughs> of course. <laughs> my my flick pick last week. I really movie thought. Film. Yeah. Subsequent yeah. movie film. I really thought you should watch it. I think with the right lens that it's something you could really enjoy. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed it, but please let us know what you thought.
0: Right. So then just to clarify what you're saying, we did have a, a, I actually, when I went back to edit it, like a pretty good conversation considering I hadn't seen it, but this was on episode 194. I would say if you care about that movie or if you want to know the context, make sure you listen or have listened to that episode at this point. So um, if you haven't, the brief thing is I didn't like Borat one. I wasn't going to watch the second one. And then Johnny was like, no, you you should watch it. Basically what he just said. Mm-hmm. So I watched it, said I would, man of my word kind of thing. Um, and I liked it more certainly than I thought I would before our conversation. You did sort of convince me by the end of that talk. I was like, maybe maybe there is something uh, outside of sort of lowbrow crudeness that I took away from the first one that it could be mine from the second. Mm-hmm. Um, So I, I don't know that I would say it was hilarious or anything. I remember you saying like, I think you said it was the most you laughed out loud in any movie in recent memory. Um, and I didn't have that effect necessarily. There were some very poignant moments. Again, uh, this was a pretty sweet transition that you just made because we are in in the heat of a presidential election, and a lot of that is in this movie, um, including pandemic stuff and and what, whatever. It was. There were some chuckle worthy parts. Um, ultimately, I kind of felt like it didn't stick the landing in terms of a message it was trying to get across. Um, I just. I just. I don't know. Maybe I'm just worn out. I might just be worn out with like the idiocy in America and, and just showing me more of that kind of just got a little bit old. (laughs) And like, that's obviously super personal and not everybody will feel that way, but I just feel tired of, of idiots. I guess I feel tired of stupidity, I guess. And I'm, maybe I'm stupid, but There's, I think people that I don't, whose stupidity does not align with my own and I have a lower and lower tolerance for, for that sort of thing these days.
1: I think you're hitting on kind of a chord that a lot of people this year are going to be able to identify with. It's just the, the, the underlying weariness that is living in this, this year in this country. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So I could, I could see that. Like you're just, that movie was a lot of like, you already have a bad taste in your mouth. Like here's some more of that thing that left the bad taste. Um, but I'm glad you watched it and I'm glad you didn't think it was terrible. Well, you know, Um, we, we talked about this last
0: week too. Like one of the, or I think the director whose name is escaping me at the moment, but he was a writer director for a few of the episodes of Nathan for you, which uh, if you haven't seen that, I love that show. It's very good. It's all about like putting people on camera. It's kind of under the guise of, a a different goal, but they, they think they're doing one thing and we're actually just kind of laughing at them. And that works for me a lot of the time. And even in Borat too, it worked, but there's one particular character um, or person. It's not even a character. It's a real, real person. And uh, Borat drops off his daughter uh, and to, to be babysit by this lady who is just like the best person ever. Like it's just Mm -hmm. trying to do everything right for this girl. That's clearly been mistreated as far as she knows. And I just like, I wanted them to break character. I wanted, I wanted like the production crew or Sasha Baron Cohen to be like, Hey, you're like one of the most decent people we have on this movie. Thank you so much for trying and carry on. But instead like they leave her hanging. And then there was like the Holocaust survivor scene, which didn't play well for me either. Like, cause there's no resolution. There's no catharsis from like, Oh, just kidding. Like I'm not actually an anti-Semitic dude. Uh, walking into a synagogue, talking to the oldest living survivor of the Holocaust, and making fun of Jewish people—I'm not doing that. I'm making it, and like sh- that woman died not knowing that, and that really rubbed me the wrong way.
1: Yeah, it's so that
0: stuff uh, yeah. I didn't love. But also, you know, walking into a, uh, uh, a a political convention in a KKK robe, and not very many people kind of took a second look. <laughs> I mean that sucks, but it's different. I, that's I'm like, you know, we shouldn't we shouldn't notice that probably. hmm So I yeah, I won't watch it again. Obviously, i I suppose I'm glad I watched it. It's uh, nice to sort of be in the conversation, at least with you and whoever else has watched it, which is to say, if you have seen that movie, uh reach out if you agree with my take or maybe Johnny's take, we'd like to hear it. Um, Johnny, do you want to take us to a trailer?
1: Yeah. So right now we're gonna get into the meat of the matter. With politics. <laughs> sticking with a very political theme yeah Yeah. well why not uh, the main the main course of the evening is boys state here's a trailer
0: i will skip the part where i brag for three minutes
1: about how great and cool i am seeing as we are all qualified young men of skill and character people like that stuff people like that stuff a lot Some people say they're a sports junkie. I say I'm a politics junkie. The harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. I'm playing this like a game. I would like very much to win. I love it, boys. I love it. Where are you from? I come from a very modest family. I want, of course, to be the first one to graduate from high school. I am a progressive person, and I'm in a room full of mostly conservative people. Our masculinity shall not be infringed. I've never seen so many white people ever. I feel like everybody has a secret underlying need for bipartisanship. A message of unity, as good as it sounds, is not winning anyone any elections. Primary polls are now open. Get yourselves ready for a turbulent election. Whatever happens to you, best of luck. You win, I support you fully. My name is Steven Garza, and I'm running for governor. Let's get some applause because... As to the political views voiced in my speech, sometimes you gotta say what you gotta say in an attempt to win. I think he's a fantastic politician. But I don't think a fantastic politician is a compliment either. <laughs> We're gonna do shock and awe. It's gonna be awesome. I want y'all to take out your phones and go on Instagram. Everyone, come on. Oh my God. Well, we show the world what patriots are made of. That when things get tough, we pull ourselves by our bootstraps. One nation under God. Members of the Constitution of the United States. That's politics, I think. That's
0: politics. All right, that was a trailer for Boys State. I'm lifting a little bit of this description from a New Yorker article written by Richard Brody, who says, uh, This documentary gets its title from an annual event for high schoolers, a sort of model UN for American politicking, in which students perform a week-long simulation of state government. About 1,100 kids are divided into two parties, in this case, the Federalists and the Nationalists, cipher monikers, with no programs, no ideas, no platforms attached at all. It's up to these kids to choose a leader under whose guidance they'll craft and pass a platform on which their candidates for office, which are also chosen by them, will run and then campaign. And then at the end of this week, there's a general election amongst all of the kids to choose the winning candidate for the coveted governorship. This is is a documentary directed by Jesse Moss and Amanda McBain. Um, I believe this is the first time they have teamed up, but Jesse Moss has done some other sort of political documentaries in the past. His last one, uh, I think was in 2016 or maybe 19, uh, I can't remember what it was called. So no sense in me even mentioning that really, but boy state premiered at Sundance 2020, after which it was uh, purchased by one of our favorite production companies, a 24 or distribution companies, excuse me, and Apple, uh, to procure exclusive streaming rights for Apple TV Plus, which is the only place you can watch this, it was released to Apple TV Plus on August 14th of this year, and it clocks in at 109 minutes long, so just over an uh, hour and a half, give or take. Um, this has been on my radar for quite a while, Johnny. I know we talked about covering it back when it came out, but at the time, I think that the service was kind of new and like not a lot of people had it, so we thought that maybe we'd cover something a little bit more accessible. Uh, since then it's, I think it's, uh, $5 a month to do this. So, so we, you know, shelled out for that, um, watched it. You were also aware of this movie. Did you, did you have, um, were you excited to watch it? Did you know much about it? Was it something you were like hoping, hoping to ever get to or fine with just never seeing?
1: Um, I knew what it was in principle that it was kind of a documentary about like a mock government with high schoolers. Yeah uh and i knew a24 picked it up so that kind of piqued my interest mm-hmm. there um but honestly i had never given it much thought after we decided not to cover it uh and it wasn't something i was seeking out and um yeah i kind of would have been let's just i would have been fine never watching it cuz i i didn't really it was not on my radar in a i have to watch this sense which okay. i feel like it was for you
0: yeah i mean like uh, I remember one of our, one of our friends at the show, Lauren Lindley had reached out and like, you guys gonna cover, cover boy state. And, and I basically told her what I just told you. Um, and, and then ever since she mentioned it, I started seeing other film critics that I really appreciate. Like they were reviewing it pretty favorably. So yeah, I always wanted to watch it and it just seemed like a good week to do it. You know, like we've talked in over the past month or so, like it seems that new movie releases are kind of sporadic and oftentimes they're uh, just like a, a dump of bad movies, um and there wasn't anything super new that we were hoping to watch so it seemed like a good time to cover it with with the election and all that. Um but what did you think? What were your some of your initial takeaways of this?
1: Um I thought it was a very well-made and well well put together documentary. I liked mm-hmm. particularly some of the editing. Uh, I thought it was a really a clean documentary, very well like put together. It was, you know, a lot of times documentaries can be hard to watch like as a movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, getting from A to B, it can get a little bit gray and a little bit confused. Uh, I thought it had a really nice linear progression. I mean, the overall uh, like the sequence of this week-long summer camp really lent itself to having a linear timeline. Sure. Uh, which, in a lot of ways, assisted the the movie making. Because you kind of had the story playing out. You just have to record it chronologically and... and you know, add some things and interviews and edit. But overall, I thought it was well put together. I honestly wasn't um, massively impressed with the content. I Mm -hmm. thought it was interesting, but I felt like it was simply a microcosm for things that we already know. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. it kind of ended up being like um, just a small-scale shitty little government yeah it's like our (laughs) large-scale shitty government yeah and um it kind of i mean to harken back to what you said about borat it was kind of like i've had a lot of this like this oh you know these things aren't working and like this type of person needs to lie about this to get here and like just the politicking in general um And I think that might be a part of the point of this documentary is that, you know, even in younger kids and like mock governments, like uh, the methodology of United States politics Mm. has bled into our culture, our youth, the way we're brought up, the way we look at even just what it takes to gain office. So, I mean, if this documentary was trying to shine a light on that and how it has seeped into the core of our culture, uh, then it definitely did a good job of that. Um, but like overall, like I said, it seemed like I kind of, you know, knew what was going to happen and it was just like, okay, this is shaping up to be a lot like government as it stands now. So like, it's probably going to reflect itself in a very similar manner. Yeah. Um, and we'll get, you know, to whether it did or not, but I think I'm alluding to it enough that it, it really did kind of reflect governmental process, um, just on a smaller scale. So. Uh, but I thought it was interesting. I really liked some of the characters in this, or the uh, people, yeah, I should right, say. Right. Um, but they had the the character that they showed, and um, some very interesting personalities and and very diverse representation, which I liked. And uh, I uh, I liked a lot of the characters in this, and some of them were super cringy. And mm-hmm. like, there was a lot of just like lying on, oh you know, God. and. Oh, the the one you know the guy. I know, of course, you know I know the guy.
0: Talking. Yeah, uh, yes, it sucks, man, because it is like this kid's like. We'll get into this more. Mac- MacDougal. McDougal, MacDougal. McDougal, like it's a real kid who's like he's seventeen. We'll talk about this one. I guess we could probably get into spoilers in a little bit here, but like, yeah, for, like yeah, that kid's so- life is gonna be like surely that had some repercussions when this movie came out.
1: Yeah, God. exactly. So let's. I'm gonna get my my final thoughts are are pretty much out. That like yeah, I liked it. I didn't love it. I thought it was semi-predictable but it also was like definitely relevant yeah uh it didn't change my life but it was definitely worth a watch so i want to hear your thoughts and then i want to talk about it spoiler like
0: so i had approximately during the course of this movie three glasses of uh, a pinot noir and i was just i was bracing myself for a, a yeah like what you're saying like a microcosm a microcosm of the american experiment with high schoolers Um, so maybe I was a little bit revved up from that fermented grape juice, but I, I was so into like what was happening. Like I was, I was yelling at the TV at points because like, yeah, like that there's a particular confession that happens with, with Robert where I'm just like, you, oh man, like you slimy little, little dude. Um, but All that to say, like, I do feel like it was a worthwhile movie, even if I was uh, more sober. It starts off with a, I believe, a a sort of a title card with a quote from George Washington. Um, And I think I found it here. It's something like, um, the two political parties are likely in the course of time and things to become potent engines by which cunning, ambitious and unprincipled men will be enabled to subvert the power of the people. And it's such a true thing. Like what's crazy to me is like these 1100 kids are divided up half and half and they're basically like by the, it's also probably worth noting. This takes place in Austin, Texas. It happens in every, every state across the country, I think, except Hawaii maybe. And it's sponsored by the, by the league of American veterans, uh, which I'm probably not quite getting right, but
1: the American Legion. Thank you. Um, yeah. And also I want to point out before you go any further, it's not just kids. Uh, it's males uh they split yes. the men and yes. the women up there's a girl state there's a boy's state <laughs> yep so this is not just kids this is right. young yes. males i feel that's very very important to look at this if you haven't seen it or not familiar with any of the trailers that's kind of a critical factor it's like yes uh twelve hundred seventeen year old boys what's um what's um
0: otero's first name otero was the uh party chair for one of the parties uh the young gay black man. Oh, Renee, Renee, uh, Renee, I've of course, cause I followed him on Twitter. He, he made a point like after this movie <laughs> of came out, of course to be like, there's a girl state movie coming out by the way, but you're so right. Oh, like, like, it's just, yeah. yeah. Like if you, if there's a sure way to sow inequality in the minds of America's youth, it's like we're, when it comes to positions of political power, we're going to make sure that you aren't around women at all. We're just going to, you know, yeah. boys go do your thing.
1: Yeah. Um, but and so many of their entire political stances are based around women's I issues. Oh,
0: um, okay. So the boys are divided half and half federalists, nationalists, whatever. That's all they have. And the people in charge are basically like form your own, your own uh, party stances. And for, there's no reason that these 1100 boys in Austin, Texas really uh, should have different views. Like they're probably all really similar. And once you hear the arguments hash out, like they basically are saying the same stuff. And it turns into sort of this, like, who can talk more shit about the other side? And I yeah. just think that's so depressing, but so telling about kind of how the, the the American system functions. Like most of these people want the same stuff. But for some reason, we need to create these two opposing ideologies just to fight each other over it, which is very disheartening. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pretty much. So that was um, – you know, in line with sort of how the, how the movie started with George Washington's quote. Um, I will say that personally, like you're really rooting for, for Garza. He's, he's one of the characters or one of the guys that sort of just takes an honest stance, which is, is sort of the view of the documentary gets a little bit slanty in this. Like it's not a totally observational documentary. Like we're clearly being led to feel a certain way, but rightly so. Like he's an honest dude that you can root for. Um, So I I liked it, man. I I keep wanting to push a little bit further into spoiler stuff. So before we get there, I'll just say that, yeah, like if you have this streaming service for sure, watch it. I think it's ultimately a little bit disheartening. Um, But it's nice to think that um, there's some good eggs that are trying to like observe a flawed system and and potentially make it better. I find that encouraging. Totally. So let's give it out of 10. Okay, you go first. I'm gonna land on a solid nine, because um, I do feel like it was trying to sway me a bit, but I like where it was swaying me. So on principle, mm-hmm. lose a point, but I think it's for a good cause. Um, I, honestly, I would I would say watch this movie, and I'd give it a high rating for that breakfast sort of montage alone. Like this movie's a, a blend between like American Pie and Lord of the Flies. <laughs> like, cause you like they, these, these sweet old 17 year old boys take themselves so seriously until, which is another great scene when they don't, they're having like a, like a mock sort of passing of bills and
1: mm-hmm. there's like, I don't think that
0: aliens and whatever, but for the most part, they're so serious and it's all very, it's very proper. And like, yes, sir, this is what I, this is why I believe that I'd be good at boy's state. And then, um, Jesse Moss and Amanda McBain, the directors do this great thing where they just film these 17-year-old kids at like 8 a.m. eating Cheerios and like Pop-Tarts sitting just around picnic tables in a mess hall. And you're just like, oh, yeah, they're just kids.
1: Just These like children
0: echoing what they've probably heard from their parents or the news or like, man, but it's so funny and so tragic, which I think is what makes it great comedy. That scene alone, I think, should should be watched in this movie. You should watch the movie for that scene. is what I'm trying to say. So nine for me out of 10. Where are you at?
1: Uh for me I'm gonna give it like a seven point nine. No, oh, it's really close to an eight. Yeah, it is. It's not quite an eight though. I didn't like it enough for it to be what, an eight. What would, yeah, what
0: would it have taken to be an eight?
1: I don't know. Like it was a like not even a little. It was a lot biased. Sure. Um I feel like a bit more objectivity, especially in documentary filmmaking, would yeah. be um a goal to strive for. Uh but yeah, it was entertaining and it was interesting and there was some really endearing characters i really liked the young man garza i believe was his last yeah, name yeah steven
0: garza or if you ask Stephen robert steven garcia
1: yeah my god Oof. yeah so i mean i liked a lot of the characters i really liked renee and even you know a lot of the the super conservative kids were just they were very likable like they're just you know so much of 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 the things that you're brought up with affect who you are yeah Uh, it takes a really strong-willed and strong-minded person to stray from that um so i mean personally in my own life i've had a hard time dealing with people that um you know think so strongly about things that in my opinion are wrong but you know still seeing the good in them as people and i think that that's important to do um but yeah i think there was some definitely really interesting people and personalities that were displayed in this film but uh overall for me like i said before it was just it was too much stuff that like i kind of saw it all coming like it wasn't nothing about it was eye-opening Nothing about it was shocking nothing about it was like groundbreaking or life-changing it was just um it was kind of like the same way that uh, what was that documentary about technology we just watched uh, long ago uh, this, the, the the great hack the social, or um the social compass social what dilemma yeah social dilemma yeah. um there'd been multiple movies about virtually identical topics you yeah. know and it seemed like you know presenting the same information in a new way maybe so people see it i don't know um but like i said it didn't it didn't show me anything new but it was an enjoyable and well-made documentary so a seven nine for me
0: okay Spoilers ahead for boys state. We're spoiling it now because it's too juicy of a, of a nugget to leave hanging. So spoilers, go watch it. If you haven't come back, here we go. It didn't, it didn't show you anything new. I agree, but it made me think it was about to, I was so So invested
1: in. So this just a cock tease.
0: No, it's not. It's, it's, it's a, it's a realistic portrayal of any number of actual political plays playing out over the course of the past 200 years in America. like, like oh yeah. You're there like in your rooting for the underdog all the way to the finish line. And there's like the swelling of the orchestral strings as we wait and hold our breath for the announcement. And then sure enough, nah, it's going to the people that, uh, lied and, and slandered and, and slung the most mud. And that's who takes control. And it's like, that's just, I just like finished my wine. I was like, oh damn it. Uh, and, and, and then I went to bed. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. I was hoping, but it makes sense. Why, why would I be dumb enough to hope for that in a, in a documentary. I don't really hope for that in real life. Even when I do, I correct myself. It's like, that's, I think the power of this movie. It's like, you had me going just like, like normal politicians do. Like I, I believed in it for a second. Like you got me. Right. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's the whole, well, sorry. I wanted to say that cause you, cause you teed me up for that, but yeah, let's talk oh, spoilers yeah. from wherever you want to start.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it was really... To me, it was no surprise that like the the level-headed centrist isn't going to win anything. I know. Like, what? No. You (laughs) you have have to believe. Yeah, but that just isn't the way it works because I consider myself a fairly level-headed centrist Mm. on most things. And um, those type of people don't get anywhere because you have to pick a team and fight against the other team and not just you know, agree with both sides on certain things. That's just not the way the world works anymore. That's and not
0: the way America works.
1: Exactly. A lot That's of countries do that very well. Thank you. That's very, very true. Right. That is not the way this country works. But also, the person with the most votes doesn't win. So who fucking knows, right? It's just... <laughs> who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, God. um, no, but, you know, I kind of saw it a mile away. Like, this, this kid was just... He was too honest, first of all. But people loved it. He was too it. upfront. People loved it until it became time to vote, and yeah. then they didn't love it. They they wanted to, you know, you think people want logic and reason and, you know, uh, bipartisanship, and when in fact they they a lot of times don't. That's why elections work out the way they do. You um, know, I still refuse to believe that.
0: Like even for for no reason, all the evidence suggests what you're saying is true, but I I won't believe that. I'm not going to do it. Well, I, t- I mean, still if have you can count, if
1: you, if, if you can count votes, uh, this year, like today, sure, like today. half is a big number, man. Like, yeah, the results are going to be close and that means a large, almost 50% went one way and one went the other. And the, to me, there's a real big difference between the two and like, yeah, so I, that's got to tell you something. So what was your, let's, let's talk about
0: Robert McDougall for a minute.
1: Oh McDougal, this giant douche. So throughout the
0: entire movie, I couldn't I couldn't square it in my brain who were federal federalists and who were nationalists. I don't I still don't know. Um I don't either. I don't
1: care. Because <laughs> it doesn't care. It doesn't, doesn't it matter. <laughs> no. So um, They might as well have said red team, blue team.
0: Yeah. So basically, uh well that's a little bit politically loaded as well. Um uh Robert McDougal and Stephen Garza end up sort of being the two front runners for the governor um uh of their party. Of their particular party. Um And yeah, at this point in the movie, like Stephen is clearly very likable. well, he's Stephen's comes from a pretty recent Mexican heritage. Like that's his family, I think, was first generation. And his mom's
1: was an undocumented immigrant
0: for a minute. Yeah. And then she got a job like he they frame him as sort of like like the real American dream. He says it himself, like his parents did the thing that America should aspire to be. And then this just naive young man, Robert is just the pandering politician wannabe where he just goes up and like puts on airs and like puffs out his chest and goes like, I'm a strong supporter of the second amendment. And there's, for, he keeps spouting off these statistics about like gun rights and abortion. Like I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, yeah. Like maybe you think that. And turns out in a, in a talking head interview with him later, he's like, hey, I don't even think this stuff. Like, but sometimes you gotta say what you gotta say to get ahead. I hate that politicians do it. I wish they'd do it less. And then he has like this moment of realization where he's like, "Maybe I shouldn't do it," and then he goes back to doing it,
1: and then does it immediately. <laughs> it's like,
0: but it's like, yeah, man, this, I can't, it was a it was a roller coaster of of ideology for me. I was like, maybe somebody, maybe somebody's going to break the mold and do something a little better. And nope. it never, or like people or the system, and it really never happens.
1: Yeah, man. That is that the whole point of this movie is that you expect and you want, and people talk a big game, but then no one ever really does anything different
0: maybe yeah i mean yeah
1: like the people that are too honest and upfront (sighs) and like fair and like bipartisan they just don't they just i don't know this could be seen as a microcosm and i think it is and i think that was kind of the point was to it's not different when you give kids that maybe should be more open-minded and you know, at one point in the movie, they're saying like, it's so good when he should, says this. Yeah. Yeah. Like we can, we can do all these things. <sighs> if we can like settle on ideas I about know. immigration and women's rights and stuff like this while there's no women in the room, by the way, sure. Uh, that, uh, you know, we could do things that all these career politicians could never do. And it it does, it teases you with that hope of like, Oh, maybe the youth is the future. Dude, like,
0: yeah. He had me. Yeah, I think it was his, exactly. his, his, his appeal for governor speech where he was like, or or maybe it was his, his runoff against, against uh, McDougal. But he was like, I know a lot of you don't agree with me, but like we can prove to all of our parents and all the people that, yeah, that like what you're saying, like I've been in politics for decades. They're like, we don't have to basically play the game the way they're playing it. We can change, we can be the future. We can change the system if we just do it together. And I'm just sitting there like just wine glass to my lips over and over. Like, yes, we can, Steven, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Give me those guys, Steven and, uh, and Renee on the ballot. I'd give me those, those guys are lovely.
1: Right.
0: So, <laughs> um, I feel pretty good. I did start crying at the end, like, like a lot. Cause he's like a lot. A so, lot? Yeah, well, like, like not just a single, uh, poetic sort of cinematic tear. Like I cried a little bit, you know, like I was cry- like, I was crying, I guess. Cause like he, his mom called Stevens does after he loses call. His mom calls him and like, he's weeping at this point because like all of these people that believed in him, like came up and just told him how much they rooted for him. And like, he tells his mom that he's not sad, but she, he hopes that she's proud of him. And like, Oh man, it got me. It got me big time.
1: Yeah. There was the one scene it, it like moments before that, yep. when the, the young man walks up and tells him like, Oh geez. You know, I just wanted you to know, that, like, you're the most honest person I've ever met. And, like, it was an honor to meet you. And, like, that kid's crying. I know. And I'm like, uh, I can't stand <laughs> dude, seeing, like. I know. Uh, I was like, oh, it got me. Man, there's, yeah. a, there's it got a, me a little.
0: It's the opposite of that dude in the, in the trailer uh, where you there's, like, sort of the, when they're all, um like, doing their initial sort of people that are running for governor or just talking. I can't remember what it was for. But, like, there's a really close shot of sort of the back of. Um, I think he probably a ginger his ear and kind of the back of his neck. And like, you can just see his vein pulse. Like our, our freedoms will not be threatened. Our masculinity shall not be infringed. And it's just like, if that's where we started and we end up with these, these two young men crying and just supporting each other, that's already enough for me. Like, yeah, like uh, that's better than, than where it was granted. I like, I'm glad that guy didn't get governor. I feel like that would have been worse.
1: Yeah. And it was really neat to see Garza, ended up like speaking at the texas democratic convention i know i was like oh that's kind of fulfilling yeah the post post credits were nice that was cool yeah like these kids might have a future and maybe the people that actually in this movie that actually wanted to do something different might get to someday but yeah i'm not holding my breath but i'm i do have you know my fingers crossed well that's boys state check it out if you'd like we'd
0: obviously love to hear your thoughts um do you have anything else on it no man i'm good
1: let's put the boys to bed
0: okay the (laughs) we are gonna take a short break uh, and we'll come back and drink beer number two from dying breed so don't go anywhere ladies and gentlemen it is election day as we record this and we live in a great country where we get to vote on stuff but voting is tiring business so i'd encourage you to go on down to the handlebar refresh yourself with a delicious craft beer perhaps a meal johnny summers if i do recall they have a happy hour seven days a week do they not
1: that's right every single day from 2 to 6 p.m. you're going to get significant amounts of money off of craft beers off of cocktails and half off bottles of wine that's 50 percent for the layperson
0: indeed you can get up to a hundred dollars off your beer if you buy 100 beers that's the handlebar chico located at 2070 east 20th street right here on the south end of chico we encourage you to go check them out do your patriotic duty support local business and drink craft beer Johnny Summers, what a lovely break that was! But to tell you the truth, my friend, mm-hmm. <laughs> did you hear a very handsome cow just make a moo sound? Moo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Oosaic. laughs> I don't know what I was going to do for an intro to this beer, anyway. So that's a that's a great way to do it. But we're mm-hmm. on to <laughs> to beer number I can't two stop. from that. Oh, that was you. I thought it was an actual cow.
1: Uh, it was me, and I also am an actual cow.
0: Perfect. Beer number two from Dying Breed out of Oakdale. This is, uh, you may have guessed, based on his mooing, a beer called Mosaic. It's a pale ale, clocks in at 6.3%. And if you've ever heard anything about hops, you'll know that this is a pale ale featuring the mosaic hop. Uh, Johnny, describe the can. I feel like I could use your descriptive lingo uh, much more than I could use mine to describe something this luscious.
1: Yeah, so this can, like, the whole background is kind of like a, like, late 70s, early 80s, like, map, like, topography map of, uh, like, a universe. Oh, interesting. Something you would see in, like, an old video game on, like, MS-DOS with, like, all white lines and different geometric patterns creating a whole pattern. And that's the background. And then you've got this really cool, like, cow head, like a steer with his sweet horns, and he's got like an emo haircut. Yeah. And then there's uh, hops and looks like some fruit floating around and some flowers, and it says mosaic. And it looks, you know, it is almost like mosaic-inspired. Yeah, I was uh, going like, to say
0: that's that's where my brain went.
1: Oh, yeah. But I, that, like, that I actually, like what yours did. It's a little bit of both. It's like sure. what I said, and then the patterns kind of make a cow. So it's it's a mosaic video game from the 70s, man. That's what's up.
0: You know, on, on that note, I know that we weren't going to maybe talk about this, but I, I wanted to, cause it's so specific to what you're saying on the back of this can, uh, they say that about the brewery dying breed is located in Oakdale, Like we've said, um, a small town originally settled by a dude named Francis, uh, Cottle, Cottle, Cattle, Cottle, uh, and his herd of cattle. Let me, I'm going to say that as a sentence cause it sounds nice. Uh, located in Oakdale, California, a small town originally settled by Francis Cottle and his herd of cattle in 1853. We chose our Highlander cow for its amazing hairdo, Johnny, like you pointed out, and to reflect the beginning of a great tradition. Oakdale is a longtime cattle ranching community known as the cowboy capital of the world that is today part of a dying breed. So nice, nice full circle there.
1: Well, hot huh, damn. Continue? All right, uh, so you, the, please.
0: What? I was going to say, would you continue? Uh, just Because I'd love to hear what they have to say on the can about about the beer.
1: You just said the word continue <laughs> as a standalone <laughs> sentence <laughs> slash question. I was like
0: the worst uh, Mortal Kombat narrator ever. Continue? <laughs>
1: I didn't know if you were asking me to continue or if you were asking permission to keep speaking. I don't know what I was doing either,
0: to be honest.
1: (laughs) Did you just have a stroke? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, from the can, Mosaic Pale Ale. It is 6.3% ABV. Uh, Mosaic is a strong tropical pale ale with distinct bitterness. Enjoy guava, mango, and citrus notes, complementing the complex... Broad aromas of mosaic hops, mosaic, mosaic.
0: Look, I'm a long time, I'm a long time uh, fan of for, mosaic hops. First, first time, long, long time? time, first time. Um, but if you are a first time listener, maybe you didn't know that about me. I'm a big sucker for mosaic hop. They came onto the scene around 2012, if I recall. Um, typically, very tropical. Uh, sometimes some berry flavors. Some people call it sort of like a super citra hop. Um, there's a whole lot of information out there. If you'd like to know, Johnny, the only thing I want to know is, uh, the alpha acids. How many, how, what's the percentage of that generally in a, in a, in a mosaic hop?
1: Well, my research has uh, enlightened me to the fact that it's right in the between 10 and 14% range yeah. of alpha acidity on yeah. the mosaic. Love it.
0: Looking for that. Bite. What, now, it. now, now, now
1: what do alpha acids do? Alpha acids are the acids that take over and they are the hoppy part of the beer because I totally know too yeah you do hundred percent that was a very well informed sentence I just said that's <laughs> obviously bulletproof in its <laughs> facts and logic yeah that's fine yeah yeah mm. they' they're they're the most strong at the gym the the alpha acids of in course. fact only use free weights and they <laughs> never put them back uh, and they they really just scoff at the beta acids yeah and Say, mm, you beta acid, you drive your Prius. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's that's, that's what alpha acids are all about. Alpha acids are tasty little douchebags. Yeah, they wear tap-out shirts and make beer bitter.
0: <laughs> okay, so I feel like that's a pretty good stage to have set for this beer. Have you poured it slash tasted it yet?
1: I have poured it, and I have tasted it. Walk me through and it. And I need to taste it more, so um, have you done am, those things?
0: I am pouring it at this moment. It looks, it looks basically as I expected, it's a fairly light pale ale. It's not, um, it's not, it actually almost looks lagery. Um, granted I'm pouring it back into that same goblet. So it's maybe keeping a little bit more head than it normally would, but, um, it's a pretty straightforward looking beard, like a decent amount of carbonation on top and nothing really kind of hanging out at the bottom. Um, relatively yellow, uh, definitely doesn't stray towards like a, a heavy malty kind of amber or orange, anything like that. Um, but that's as far as I've gotten. Have you had a chance to taste it again? this is really good mm. two for two i'm very excited that this day has gone so well for my choices
1: this is fantastic oh um, i just smelled it good lord yeah it's super ridiculously robust with the hot presence and i love single hot beers
0: that's the mosaic um, i'm looking for man I, yeah we got it yeah keep going
1: sorry we have thoughts. yeah i love i love single hot beers especially mosaic um The Mosaic from Kern River is one of my favorite IPAs on the market. Um, It's fantastic. Yep. Um, And this is an absolutely tremendous pale ale. Uh, It's just hoppy and bitter, but also like surprisingly drinkable. Like, Dying Breed is making really drinkable beer, really drinkable, like, absolutely drinkable because it finishes with that bitter kind of dry but also it leaves my mouth watering just enough to make me want to keep drinking it and also i took a sip and then i got stuck i drank half yeah, this beer yep, yep, like the last two pint cans we opened i just downed half of them on like the first sip because yeah do you ever get stuck drinking something where you're like this is so good i can't stop it's yes. just this is happening this yeah. is my life now yep um and two for two as far as beers that Make me want to just keep drinking them. So many beers, it's easy to just take a sip and put it down. Um, Yeah. That for me is a huge thing where it's like, oh no, I want to crush this. I want to keep drinking it. Very rarely do we have 16 ounce cans because we're recording separately. So both of us have like two full 16 ounce cans to ourselves. Very rarely do I drink a full one of either Mm -hmm. of the beers. And I think I'm going to drink. The full 16 ounces of both of these beers and that is wow uh dying breeds kind of showing me something this is it doesn't have the body of an ipa because it's a pale ale so as far as pale ales go dude like hoppy bomb ass pale ale like this is really good you brought this back from the source. Did you try this while you were there? And if you didn't, what's it like trying this for the first time? I need your thoughts on this. I've talked too much.
0: No, I didn't like because I think they probably had. Um, I'm trying to picture their their beer board right now. They probably had like I don't know, uh, 15 to 20 beers on tap, and I tried maybe seven of them. Um, so, but the seven that I tried were all really good. They had a they had a hefeweizen that I I just don't like the style, but it was good. It was it was just uh, not my thing. Um, so yeah, this one too, I was like, they had these canned and ready to go. So I was like, well, I think they had four or five beers and I was like, well, give me the two, uh, that that I, a, that I haven't tried and, and B that you think are a good representation of, um, your beer making abilities. So the gentleman behind the bar suggested these two. Um, but no, man, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. This is so pleasantly surprising. I think your point about it, um, not necessarily, uh, having sort of the body of an IPA is on, on brand for sure or on point. But it's got the flavor to back up. Like if the, you could tell me this was an IPA and I would not bat an eye, I'd be like, yeah, this is for sure like a really good mosaic IPA. Definitely.
1: It's, it's not a, happy enough to be an IPA. For me, it definitely is <sighs> like kind of obviously a pale ale.
0: Um, yeah, okay. You're right. That's true. That was, that was my second oh, drink in that awkward pause right there. Um, that's fine. Yeah, that's
1: just my mouth. But if your mouth agrees now.
0: My mouth agrees with yours for sure. Yeah. Um, there, but it's a lot of flavor. That's yeah. this is we talked last week when we did that uh, train wreck of a KBS stout or the mm-hmm. espresso KBS. Um, we we tangentially talked about their Azaka uh, single hop IPA.
1: Yes, and I don't like that hop, but I do think because you like that beer a lot, right? I do. I love Azaka hops, and I I really love that beer when it's fresh. Uh,
0: the Mosaic hop is the I think the sixth most popular or 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 most often used. Um, hop in, in, American beers these days. And I, because of that, I feel like it's, there's more opportunity for people to fuck it up a little bit. Like Azaka's yeah. a little bit more um, specific, but people use mosaic left and right increasingly these days.
1: Oh, and all the time. I'm
0: so bummed, like I'm more bummed out about mosaic beers uh, than I am stoked about them most of the time. But every time Which I get a mosaic a beer, I'm like, I'm gonna cross my fingers cause this might be the one that is delish. And uh, this one's great. I, yeah, I really like this.
1: The Spears follows through on what it's trying to do. it's so yeah. clean isn't it, yeah, I dig it, I dig it a lot. I think this brewery should be on your radar if it's not like yeah, I don't know anyone that lives anywhere near it, but like this seems like something yeah. you might drive through if you're traveling down like the central valley
0: can i uh i, I let me describe the place in case it's uh because I don't think it's clear yet if you've never been there it's they have this beautiful outdoor patio. Uh, I think the, the actual tap room is probably, I mean, they didn't have chairs in there when I went because of COVID stuff, but they could probably only like, if you're here in Chico listening, it's about the size of secret trails, indoor space, uh, which is to oh, say wow. that maybe like, what do you think? Eight tables max. Yeah. Um, but their outdoor beer garden is, is considerably larger. It's almost a, almost an L shaped kind of thing with a stage for music at the far end uh, of the L the, the 90 degree angle part. Um and there's I think their capacity is probably like 150 I would guess.
1: Damn. Um, so they were just set up for COVID.
0: Yeah, pretty much, man. And let me let me give you another curveball here. They've only been around as a brewery since April. Oh wow! I know. Which is another like no when I was shit. talking to them when I showed up, I was like, oh, man, like because every brewery to some extent has a learning curve getting going. Like I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of breweries start because like one dude. His garage got way too small. And he's like, I better start a brewery. Cause my friends like drinking my beer. And I think they skipped a couple levels when they started because like, I don't know, from professionalism to, to just the way that their beer tastes, like they're doing good stuff. Um, but it's very rustic and, um, sort of again, like kind of what we described from the can, like Oakdale's a very country kind of town. Um, lots of, lots of farmland. Um, so the aesthetics of the brewery kind of follow suit, but not in like I don't know. I don't don't want to sound rude or anything, but like not in a, a way that makes you feel like they wouldn't have good beer. Like you almost might think they only have Coors Light, but apparently they have some delicious craft beer. It's a great spot
1: is my point. Excellent. Well, I'm really liking what they're doing. We should go. I'm a looking, I'm a liking.
0: Yeah, we should, uh, you and I should take a a podcast trip.
1: Ooh, they've got an Oktoberfest right now. They crushed their Oktoberfest.
0: Yeah. I saw photos of that on their Instagram. Go check them out.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm just looking out there at their um their website. Yeah. And uh their cans are reasonably priced. Yeah, what other what and are they priced at? Well, we have to rate this beer before I tell you how much it costs. Right, but like enough. that that uh take a bo take a bock road. Yeah. Uh, sure. Five five fifty a can. Perfect. For a seven point three ounce or A B V beer. Three or four. Yeah. Was it
0: three? Huh? Was it three or f- no it's four, seven point four.
1: I don't know, man. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, anything you don't like about Mosaic? Huh.
1: That's tough. Um, nope. Um, I just had another drink. There is nothing know, I don't like about this. No, it's 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 real good. It's yeah, really clean. It's, it's really, really clean. good. Um, you know, it's a pale ale, so like maybe it doesn't have all the hops I want, but if you look at it stylistically. It's not supposed to. You mean it doesn't have the hop flavor that you want? Yeah. What you, like man, I it's so I would hoppy. love this if I would love this if it was jacked up to like IPA level. Dude, it's hoppiness. it's
0: jacked off the scale
1: right now. It's pretty hoppy. Yeah. But it's not so hoppy. It's really well balanced. It does not hoppy in the way that it's um Like, overpowered by that. No, I feel like you're you're
0: describing, like, I feel like what you're saying is, like, you want it to be hoppier to the point where you almost will get fatigued by drinking it, which doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't, nobody wants that. Like, this is so drinkable. Yeah. Like, it's, I'm getting nothing I don't like at all.
1: Yeah. It's really good, man. Uh, I'm a big fan. I don't know if it's a 10, because I just don't know if I like it You're. I'm going to need
0: more. You got to give me a reason why it's not a 10. I'm going to hold you to this Um,
1: one. I don't know. As a pale ale, it's it's really good. Um, is it the best pale ale I've ever had? Probably not. Um, it's really good and it's really drinkable. Um, I don't know. I just don't know if it feels like a 10 to me. I don't know if, if I can justify it any more than that. I think it's... Uh, I don't know. I just don't know. I think I'd be hard-pressed to give a pale ale a 10.
0: That's a bullshit reason,
1: though. Like the best pale ale I've ever had personally wasn't a 10 for me. Cause like a 10 is like, uh, yeah. You know, I, I, for me personally, that's just how I, how I roll, man. I don't know if it weren't for the um, fact
0: that I basically made that same argument earlier, I would probably challenge you. But yeah, like if it's, I guess if it's not your, if like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. All right. You might be right for, for, for you. Obviously I guess that, I guess that checks out, but
1: uh, yeah. I mean, it's still going to uh, rate really high, but yeah. for me, I, I, I don't know. I just, it doesn't feel like a 10. I can't just be giving out 10s all willy-nilly. What are, Didn't it's, we, it's we both just though. give out
0: 10s? What did we just give 10s to, like, really recently? Well,
1: you should remember if it wasn't worth a 10.
0: We This is a drinking podcast, my friend. That's not how that works. <laughs> that's why I make it notes, was, and that's why I
1: write it down. <laughs> hops and crowns. Yeah. Shit, that beer was great. The Cypher.
0: Uh, elevated Cypher, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, well, then I'll, I'll show my cards here. For Mosaic, for me, it is a 10. Um, yeah? Because, like, I don't know, man. I found that uh, pale ales are often really disappointing for me because they tend to try to over hop stuff to like compensate for a lack of alcohol. And this one doesn't do that. It's so well balanced and so crisp and so drinkable and 6.3%. Like, it's not like I'm, uh, getting away with highway robbery and I'm, I'm secretly drinking a 4.2% beer. Like I'm drinking a a big ish beer that tastes hoppy and well-rounded and crisp and fresh. And I'm, I mean, I assume this beer is like relatively new. It's on the bottom. Uh, oh, you know what? This beers you want to guess how old this is?
1: Um, within two weeks. It's about two months old. Oh, wow. Isn't
0: that fucking crazy?
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, it was from the brewery, so they they definitely That's true. S- yeah. stored it appropriately. That's Ooh, they have wild a co- to me, though. I, I want to try their coffee vanilla porter. <laughs> yeah. I want to try the Wrecker, whatever this Imperial. Oh,
0: I tried the Wrecker. It's a triple IPA. It's like, it's like, uh, what is it, like 11 something? No, not quite.
1: Uh, nine one. Oh, nine one. It was good. It was. It
0: was. It's one of those triples that you're like, oh, you guys should probably monitor how much of this you're pouring for your guests.
1: It was so smooth, <laughs> yeah.
0: man. I, yeah, I remember one of the owners was like, you got to try this one.
1: Nice. I was like, I got to play music, my man.
0: But uh, they're doing it pour. right.
1: Yeah. yeah, they're 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 doing it right. Uh, I really like what they're doing. I'm not trying
0: to sway Definitely. your vote, but on the bottom of the can, above the canning date, it says music to my ears. So Let's get out with your <laughs> puns. <laughs> all right, um, all right. What do you give it out of ten?
1: uh Out of ten for me, this is uh, a nine point two. Yeah, it's good ass. This rating. is absolutely a fantastic, fantastic pale rating. ale. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic beer. It's a world class beer. Yeah, the that beer that rating goes to like Treehouse Pale ales uh, for sure. Like, like fuck fuck with me. A yeah. nine two is is I I would chop off a finger for it. You know okay. what I mean? Okay,
0: well sure. Why not? A lifetime supply. I don't
1: like all your fingers either. Exactly. So, no. It's a really good beer. Really great rating. Uh, I'm honestly quite impressed with this brewery. It is fantastic. Yeah. uh, At this point in the game to be surprised and impressed with a brewery. I love it, and it makes me really happy. So, thank you, Dying Breed, for providing beers for this week's episode and providing employment for my friend. And also making really worthwhile beer because... If it wasn't good, I would have to be brutally honest, and Max might not I know. Next month. I'm so, so glad that didn't happen. <laughs> right? Me too. I'm, right. I'm very pleased with this overall. So that's, uh, that's a 9-2 for me. It's a 10 for Max. Yes, sir. Mosaic from Dying Breed out of Oakdale.
0: Uh, if, you're in, if you're in the Central Valley, swing by. We can both fully endorse it. But at this point in the show, we're going to move on past beer and get into what we like to call hot and bothered. Johnny, do you have any bothered this week?
1: Well, I was actually just looking at Dying Breed's website, and I'm really bothered that you didn't bring me a black five-panel hat, because their logo is fantastic. I thought you didn't like five-panel hats. I don't, but I like it more than their trucker, and I want to rock mm. one of these guys' hats.
0: I Specifically, and I, I bought a five-panel hat, and you were making fun of me for it.
1: Uh, the one you got looked dumb. Mine these looks look cool, very though. good. These look cool, though. I like this. <laughs> this one's better. You should buy this one. All right. Listen, I, if
0: anybody from Dying Breed is still listening, can you please send Johnny a hat? It would be great.
1: Uh, yeah, we're going to need to hit them up for some merch. I want to rock their stuff. Their sh- hoodies are dope. Yeah, I don't do pullovers, but I love the five panel hat.
0: Uh, DMS on Instagram or send us an email to fhccastergmail.com. Uh, just, just give me the details. I will buy it for Johnny. That would be great. Please, please get in touch.
1: There okay. you go. Let's do this. I just checked their merch store and the only thing you can buy online is beer, which is dope, uh, but also yeah. I want a hat.
0: Yeah, sure. Maybe they can just kind of squeeze one in, um, a la, um, lager beer. That'd be great. Yeah,
1: Shove yeah the hat they, hooked up, they hooked up the merch, man. Hook man. us up with a hat. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh Yeah, I, I for sure think we need to get some merch from them. Uh, shout out to them. Let's let's do them again, like early, like middle, first quarter next year. Down. Let's get a couple more beers from them sometime in like February.
0: That sounds great, for sure.
1: Cool. That'd be perfect for the show. So that was my only bother that you didn't bring me a dope hat. Fair. Because uh, I love their logo. I do have some hots, though, man. Uh, this last weekend was Halloween. Yep. And we rented out a theater, uh, as if you're in Patreon, you know, like we did for our last event, but we did it for my work, like Halloween, Christmas type, not Christmas, our our Halloween party event type thing. So yeah. we had had some, you know, we're a small office. We can all hang out and have beers and then do a thing that's like safe and contained as a yeah. group. So instead of going out or doing anything ridiculous or having a big dinner or going partying, Uh, I suggested we rent out a theater and we all go to the movies together as a company. And I think there was 12 people that went. It was really small, really intimate, a ton of fun. Uh, We all had multiple drinks before we got there and multiple drinks while we were there. It was just a really fun time to cut loose. We all went in costume. It was fantastic. Um, And we watched Beetlejuice on the big screen, which I've never seen Beetlejuice on the big screen. So it was really fun revisiting that. Um, just the joy that is Danny Elfman and Tim Burton collaborating. And I mean, that movie is an absolute classic. So I I really, really dig it. I didn't know it was those Uh, guys. Uh, Danny Elfman and Tim Burton. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Just beast of a beast of a musician. In my brain, Beetlejuice is like from the eighties.
0: It's clearly not. Right. uh, No, Uh, I don't remember. I'm sure your brain will figure it out momentarily, but, um, yeah, I mean like something about the, uh, the, the, nostalgia of playing sort of a classic movie, like, like what you were saying with our Patreon event and, and, um, others clearly like watching Beetlejuice, this little, this little sort of nugget of, of nostalgia that comes up from memories of watching it with people from your present is, is a very special feeling that I, I enjoyed when we watched the Goonies.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh, Beetlejuice
0: came out in 88. Oh good. I'm right. Okay. Barely, but Cool. I didn't. I guess I didn't realize those uh, Elfman and uh, Burton were working together in the late '80s. Yeah, in the late. 80s, I mean, as that I
1: say. segued directly into you know Nightmare Before Christmas. But that
0: was like, and again, in my brain, Nightmare Before Christmas is like early two thousands.
1: No, Nightmare Before Christmas came out in like '91. It did. No, it. Are you sure? Yeah, I'd put money on but '93.
0: Uh, that's really fascinating. I actually have never seen that movie all the way through. It, uh, it scared me as a child, which I guess is a testament to the idea that it came out when I was young. So the early nineties, yeah, it came out in 93, 93. You did say before 93, technically. That's true. But yeah, it's a
1: movie from my childhood, man. I love that flick. And you should for sure watch that all the way through.
0: I mean, when you say that my first reaction was like, no, it's scary. And then I was like, wait, I'm a grown up. Yeah. I'll watch that. Sure. And also
1: it's a children's movie. Is it a a
0: Christmas movie or it's a Halloween movie, right? Or is it a a Christmas movie? It's both. He goes to like Christmas Town, right?
1: Yeah, it's both. What's this?
0: What's this? There's white stuff everywhere. Uh, it's kind of, kind of a deep cut on podcast stuff here. But you remember Blind Spotting? Yeah, one of the leads, Rafael Cazal, just did a. I think it was a a, a live, um, sort of li- maybe a lip sync to that movie where they acted out the movie with the entire audio of the movie. Oh, cool. Um, and, and what you were just quoting was the thing that I saw on Instagram. I was like, what's this? What's this? Uh, whatever. Christmas Town or whatever.
1: Yeah. It's so good, man. Let's watch it together. That'd be fun. Sure. That sounds great. That's a this time of year classic. Like, yeah. It's time to watch that movie like right now. Dude, it's
0: got a 95% um, of Rotten Tomatoes.
1: Yeah. It's, wow. it's 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 universally accepted as one of the best movies ever made in this genre. Like Tim Burton's, some of Tim Burton's finest work.
0: I guess I always felt like I didn't have enough tattoos to watch it. That was like a thought. I was like, "This isn't my movie." You
1: stupid.
0: <laughs> or like, or like, like the amount of metal per capita that I listen to on a day to day basis does not quite achieve what is necessary to appreciate this.
1: I think more accurately, it'd be like you're not goth enough to watch this. Yeah,
0: that's kind of what I'm getting at.
1: But you are. It's okay, cool. lovely. It's a. It's so. I mean, related to the Nightmare Before Christmas on Google, it's like Coco and Harry Potter. Like it's love Coco. You. Yeah, me too. You'd be fine.
0: That green uh, also, that yeah.
1: F- fun fact, Danny Elfman is actually the voice of Jack Skellington and sang all the songs and composed all the music.
0: Oh. All right, that's cool. So, that green motherfucker freaks me out quite a bit. Oogie Boogie? Same with the uh, dude with the, the really chapped lips with the glasses.
1: Oh, oh yeah. He bothers me a lot. Yeah. It's fine. You'll love it. We'll watch it together. <sighs> oh so,
0: oh oh it's that blink one eighty two song, huh? We could live like what? Jack and Sally if we want. Yeah. That's what that's about.
1: Yeah. It's referencing Jack and Sally. All right. I'll watch that. We will Bro, watch it. Come, come over. Let's watch it right now. Okay. I'll put on my mask. All right. So the other thing that's got me happy is I watch a lot of like bingeable, like Netflix food shows. I love travel shows. I was a big Bourdain fan. I'm a big fan of shows of that genre. Uh, And my newest addiction is the show on Netflix called Somebody Feed Phil. Okay. If you've never watched it, it is absolutely fantastic. He is, Phil is such an everyman that, like, he's just like, he's a silly little Jewish guy from New York who, like, at the end of every episode, he, like, FaceTimes his parents from their apartment and they just, it's the best. I believe he was one of the writers on Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, Okay. So he's got a bit of a background, but he's like, you know, kind of more of like an amateur foodie traveler. He does not a chef. There's no pretense to his reviews. He just likes food. His reactions are so precious and so endearing. Okay. And he's just one of the most genuine people I've ever seen. And the way he interacts with people in his travels uh is so amazing. Like, and it's formatted in the way that he goes to all these weird places and meets these amazing everything from like Michelin star chefs to when he was in Hawaii, he met a guy that owns a uh shave ice sure. uh shop in a strip mall. Like very commonplace like not grandiose human beings um and we get introduced to all these amazing characters and just amazing humans and then at the end of every episode he has this big family style dinner at this amazing restaurant with all these fun people that you've met throughout the episode and they all share a meal together and get to know each other and you have like michelin star chefs sitting down with a guy that owns a snow cone shop Love it. And it's just, it's this amazing melting pot of personalities and perspectives and uh, it's just the way he travels and the way he eats through things. And just, it's, it's one of my favorite travel and food shows that I've ever seen. It's not deeply inter- introspective like Bourdain got. It has sure. its moments, but it's really more about living in the moment and like meeting amazing people and just like feeding off their energy and like vibing with them and just experiencing that moment. So I cannot recommend it enough, especially in these trying times. If you need to escape from watching the news or mm-hmm. whatever, yeah, like throw on somebody feed Phil and just vibe because it is such a vibe. You'll love it. I swear if you don't love it, I'll buy you a beer
0: deal. Okay. Well then uh, piggybacking on your Netflix um, there, and this is a two parter, I guess I sent you a link to a podcast the other day called song exploder.
1: God yes, it was had so you good.
0: heard that podcast before? Never. Okay, so it's a podcast that's been on uh, every major podcast platform for years. It's hosted by a guy named Ricky K. Sherway, and what he does is sit down with uh, generally fairly famous, um, but some kind of up and coming musicians and bands, and takes one of their songs, breaks it down sort of part by part, and, and talks to them and interviews them about like kind of the inspiration and the production notes. And I sent you an episode. Um, which is off of the new Run the Jewels album that came out in June. Uh, and it's a song called Just. It features uh, Pharrell Williams and Zach De La Roca from Rage Against the Machine. Um, it's a really, really great podcast. I've discovered tons of new music from it. Um, so that's part one. If you haven't heard the podcast, you should check it out. What I just learned. And also go listen to that episode. It's so good. I, yeah, I actually didn't listen to it um, before I sent it to you. <laughs> I was just like, it's going to be good. So. Here you go. are like, he, he likes these guys. Listen to this. Yeah. And like, I know it's a quality podcast, so here you go.
1: It was great. I listened to it immediately after you sent it.
0: Yeah, I thought so. I was like, hey, you texted me back like almost the exact amount of time that episode lasted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what I didn't know is that on September 17th of this year, um, it was adapted to be a Netflix show. What? Yes. Now- No. The first um, quote unquote season- um, is four, four episodes. They're, they're about 30 minutes each. Um, and I actually think, let me double check this fact real quick. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. On September 17th, it was announced. It actually didn't make it to Netflix until October 2nd. So about a month ago. And the first four, uh, artists are Alicia Keys, Lin-Manuel Miranda, REM and Ty Dolla Sign. If you've listened to this podcast for more than a couple of months, you know that what uh, drew me in was Lin-Manuel Miranda. He was talking about the song Wait For It from Hamilton. And it's all of the really interesting sort of insights you get from the podcast with like the budget of a high quality Netflix show. So they like travel around like maybe the studio where they track the vocals or like met the person that conducted the orchestra that did the string section.
1: Dude, this looks so cool. It's so
0: good. So I watched last night. I watched uh, obviously the Lin Manuel, Lin Manuel Miranda, and the REM with "Losing My Religion," which was their song that they covered, which is a song that I grew up on. My dad loved it. Like people love that song. Um, back from I think it was ninety one. Um, so the the volume two or season two will be out on on December fifteenth, and that'll have Nine Inch Nails, uh, doing uh, originally Johnny Cash's song "Hurt." Um, but also mm. had Dua Lipa and the Killers. And uh, someone who I don't know, named Natalia Lafricade, um, singing a song that I also don't know. But the point is, if you're the kind of person that likes to sort of take a peek behind the green curtain and see sort of how the sausage is made with music, this is your shit. Like, yes. get on it. Yeah. Uh, Ricky K. Sherway is, is so he's, – he's a really talented interviewer in that he – Like he just doesn't fill time. He asks questions, lets the people that we are watching and care about speak and then moves on. Like there's so much really quality information packed into basically like 30 or 40 minutes. It's delightful. And then it always starts off or it starts off with kind of like a a sample of the song. And then by the end of it, you kind of get all the, all the ins and outs. And then they play you the entire song and you just really appreciate it after you've heard so much of, of what went into it.
1: Yeah, as a songwriter, that's gotta be super gratifying. Oh, man. I love it. Yeah, it's great. To see it's the so process. Great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um I'm super into that. Like I wanna watch that right now on Netflix it, because uh yeah, it's between that or somebody feed Phil. But I loved the episode and I love that you sent it to me because yeah. you you knew the format and like I love Run the Jewels so much. They're my favorite. Well, yeah, film. but you also like like cause Killer Mike is not just a
0: rapper, like he put out that Netflix show that you talked about a couple years ago. Forgive me for yeah. forgetting the name.
1: Oh God, what triggered was, it? was it?
0: Trigger, trigger, something like that. I, th- I or think no? it was triggered.
1: Trigger, trigger warning, warning, maybe something, something like that. that. Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, like I, I, just knew that you were a fan of of him. And who, who's his producer? Who's the partner that uh, he works with? His name is
1: L- LP. LP, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah, man.
0: And so there's there's people that are pretty high profile, like like those guys. And there's also just like random people that you've never heard before. Um, but I've listened to that podcast enough that I trust that it'll be quality no matter what. So like, I, that's how I've discovered a bunch of new music.
1: Like, it's super cool. totally. And a good, good way to get into that show. Like, like you sent me something, you know, that I like already. Right. right. And then like, here's the meat and potatoes of what went into that. And like hearing LP talk about production and <sighs> yeah. sampling vocals and like trying to not use it too much, just all those yeah. little tiny things that like. You know, I'm like always wondering like why is the song so like just magical? Like, yeah, obviously the lyrics are amazing and hard hitting and powerful and so rooted in, in just these powerful messages and powerful voices saying them that you're like, but but why is it like make my ears happy? Right, and you also can't tell I,
0: me like after you finish that you didn't put that album on.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's
0: how I felt about Tenet,
1: Man. I listened to the whole thing.
0: Like I just you, the more you read, like the more you start to understand the inspiration of something or like or or the sort of the ins and outs like you you're just like oh, man I, I gotta i gotta consume it again like i, I want to see it from yeah. this perspective love yeah, that about, exactly. about music and, and movies and all sorts of art
1: yeah and i was I, I remember i messaged you like another one of my favorite songs from that new record and i was like you have to listen to this one too and like i went back and listened to it because i'm yeah. like it's so good like yeah. I, oh it's just so good it's so powerful also if you don't listen to run the jewels you should because yeah. they're awesome yeah yeah
0: yeah, I listened to the whole album when you sent that. You you're like you gotta listen to the album. I was like, all right, if you insist. <laughs> and then I yep. uh, then I
1: maybe cleaned my garage or something. Yeah. I mean, talk about dudes that put their money where their mouth is. Fuck. They give oh, yeah, away like, they Yeah. They give away all, every single record. They Everyone, say it's available
0: for free. So you you sh- s- listener of this show have no reason not to check it out. Just go
1: download it. Like just Run go the Jewels 4 dropped. Run the Jewels 4 dropped and like they were they emailed me a link. Like click this and yeah. download it for free. Yeah, like, it's yours. Go for it like literally fighting back against the man and corporations and it. big record labels. And it's, it's inspiring to see artists of that level. Take that stance. Yep. Like that's unheard of. And I absolutely respect the shit out of them for it. So I love it, man. Thank you for recommending that podcast. And now letting me know that that show exists. I'm you, I'm all welcome. over that.
0: Yeah. Once again, that song exploder, check it out uh, on podcast or show form on Netflix. If you'd like Johnny Summers, you got anything else?
1: Uh, watch somebody feed Phil. You'll love it. It'll make you happy. That's all I got.
0: (laughs) All right. Um,
1: Well, go ahead. I was gonna ask you about this off air. Um, you still can, not it's not too late. Um, I nope. I'm going to ask you on air. I kind of want to watch that new movie with Bill Murray and Rashida Jones. Oh, the
0: Sophia Coppola movie done.
1: Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's cover that next week because I absolutely adore Rashida Jones, Bill Murray and Sophia Coppola. Um, you know, him and her and Bill Murray teaming up again for the first time since Lost in Translation. Yeah. yeah. It's got me just giddy. So now that we have Apple Plus TV, I say we just go whole hog and, and do that next week. So should that be the official teaser?
0: Yes. The burden of information, though, on telling these people the title is on you as they take another drink of this delicious beer. So if you tell me the title um while you're looking it up, I will. Suggest- no. Yeah. It's
1: on the rocks. I oh, don't even need to look it up, bro.
0: I know. Uh, I say that we do a double feature where we also review lost in translation for our Patreon family.
1: That'd be fun.
0: And then we do a little kind of a little pairing of Coppola's work or Sophia Coppola's work, I suppose. Um, and we'll put that out next week. So yeah, sure. Get a chance. Uh, if you have Apple, t- uh, Apple, is it Apple TV plus or Apple plus TV? I don't know. I, I downloaded the app and it just said Apple TV. We'll just call it that. Uh, watch on the rocks, do it. It's going to be, it's going to be good. Okay. It's, they're putting so, out a lot
1: of original content it feels like yeah. it's worth five dollars
0: five dollars just and you also get like a free week trial so just do it you know and then you can cancel and it. if you yeah okay. and if
1: you have a smart tv it's like two clicks away so
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah all okay. right cool well next week tune in for our review of on the rocks starring bill murray and rashida jones until then enjoy your guys's week i am max minardi and I am
0: Johnny Summers, and this podcast wouldn't be what it is without the support of my sister from another Mr. Bailey Minardi. We'll see you next week. To that. We hope you
1: enjoy This is Fresh Hop Cinema.